Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. You know, I don't know if it's just a psychological suggestion, the fact that I know one of our air conditioning units are out, but it makes me feel like I'm burning up. That being said, Scott, if you turn those two spotlights off, <laughs> thank you. That feels better already. But that does not imply that I love darkness more than light. That does not imply that at, at all. In your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1. We won't speed through the message this afternoon with the warmth in the room, but we will not uh, delay it either. Oh, and let me remind you also, if you're able to help with a special love offering for the Johnson family uh, down in Houston, Texas, that would be very, very much appreciated. The offering plate is back there on the information table, and every penny will go to them. And, of course, we can't help everybody with all of their financial bills and the additional costs that come with these months and months of, uh, of, of hospitalization and what have you, but we can certainly be an encouragement. Uh, this afternoon, real quick, 10 ways to be a good church member in relating to other church members. Now, there's lots of ways to be a good church member, but I want to zone in specifically on in relating to other church members. Whatever organization you might be a part of, uh, you bear responsibilities. You know, at your employment, that's an organization that you belong to, you bear certain responsibilities. Certainly in the military, you bear certain responsibilities. And that's certainly true with church membership as well. And to the degree you understand that, you will more benefit from your church experience. Someone that comes into church thinking it's just all about me and getting everything I need and everything I want, and it's about making me feel good, you don't have a mature understanding of what uh, full church membership and involvement means. Now, there's there's a lot of that. I, I hope that you get what you need. I, I hope that it helps you you know, feel good, feel better. And, you know, every, every Sunday I get up here, every Wednesday I get up here, it's with the intention of helping you. I'm thinking about you. What do you need? What are you struggling with? So yes, we want to be a blessing, but that's only a part of it. The other side of that equation is your contribution and your interaction and making sure that you have that right. A mature Christian understands that, yes, I'm going to church to grow. I'm going, going to church to be blessed by the music, uh, hopefully to be blessed by the preaching and, you know, fellowship and things we do like this afternoon. But again, that's a limited understanding. To have a full biblical understanding, you understand that you have responsibilities as well. Uh, Thomas Rayner, even though I'm not using the, the projector, uh, today of the, uh, the PowerPoint, I'm going to share with you a couple of quotes. Thomas Rayner, uh, is, he heads up Lifeway Ministries for the Southern Baptist Convention. He was a pastor at, I think, three different churches. He said this, with a country club membership, you pay others to do the work for you. With church membership, everyone has a role or function. That is why some are hands, as the Bible says, some are feet, ears, or eyes. We are all different. But we are all necessary parts of the whole. He's saying we are all different. 
And that's where we have to be mature in our relationships with one another and how we think of one another. We are a family. We are a church family. And I love being a part of the church family. Sharon and I, we live and breathe church. It's what we talk about when we drive in. You know, we got like a 25-minute drive in, 25-minute drive home. Either we're listening to a podcast about church or nine times out of ten, we're talking church and ministry. And we don't do it with a burden. We love what we do. We count it a privilege to be uh, a part of this church. But, you know, being a part of a church means you're a part of a church family. And we're happy to be a part of the church family. But you have to understand, in a family, you got different characters. I mean, my three kids, each one of them is, is, is different. And the one I like to pick on the most is Erin. She sent me a picture yesterday. You know, she lives in Greenville, South Carolina. And her and her boyfriend, whom all of you are going to meet, I think at the end of July, give him a rough time, okay? When he comes up here, his name's Jason. Oh, he's a good guy. I really like Jason. Until yesterday, when Sharon, when Aaron sent me a picture of the back of her car. And on the back of her car is a Clemson paw print. And under it, she said, look what Jason bought for my car. And I texted her back, I don't like Jason. I mean, she, you know, I can't imagine being born in Louisiana and then supporting Clemson. But anyway, in in my family, all three of my kids have different personalities. And as a family, you appreciate those differences. And sometimes it requires you to adjust to those differences. You deal with one child perhaps differently than you do the other. One is sensitive. One is, is, is just hard-headed. Uh, you know, you just, and, but that's the nature of church, too. In this congregation, we have people from all different backgrounds, all different educational levels, uh, all different uh, levels of, of income and what have you, different likes, different appreciations. And yet, by the grace of God, he's brought us together as a family. But people, as they have to adjust to their, their real family, we as a church have to do that. Charles Spurgeon said this, and this is a, a rather lengthy quote, but he says this, I know there are some who say, well, I've given myself to the Lord, but I don't intend to give myself to any church. He says, now, why not? And they answer, because I can be just as good a Christian without it. Spurgeon says, are you quite clear about that? Now listen to this, this is brilliant. You can be as good a Christian by disobedience to your Lord's commands as by being obedient. You know, there's a lot of Christians that believe that today. That they can pick and choose whatever commands they want to abide by and be just as good a Christian. I mean, that's not even logical. You can't be a good Christian by picking or refusing certain commands. With God, it's all or nothing. When you join the army, it's all or nothing. And so it is with the Lord. And that's hard in our culture to accept. But that's the way it is. And I appreciate Spurgeon, even back then, challenging them. And then he gives this illustration. There's a brick. What is the brick made for? It's made to build a house. It is of no use for the brick to tell you that it's just as good a brick while it's kicking about on the ground by itself as it would be as part of a house. Actually, he says, it's a good-for-nothing brick. 
So you Rolling Stone Christians, his words, not mine. So you Rolling Stone Christians, I don't believe that you're answering the purpose for which Christ saved you. You're living contrary to the life which Christ would have you live. And you are much to blame for the injury you do. And I suppose there are some that would say, yeah, well, the reason I don't get involved in church is I was hurt in church once. Or in church, there are hypocrites. Or in church, you know, I I just, I'm not a people person and what have you. You got to get over it. Because God wants you in church. And he wants you to be in church even though the pastor is not perfect. Pastor's wife's not perfect. Nor is anybody else in this room perfect. We are all sinners, but we're all part of a church family. And where some of us might be challenged, because yes, in a church, let's just be honest, in a church, in your church family, there can be people that you really relate to, and you love to see them, and you can talk with them for an hour before church and an hour after church, and that's all well and good. But there's other people, can we just put it this way, they kind of rub you the wrong way. And maybe you've had a bad experience with them. Or they're just, you know, not your kind of personality. Folks, they're still part of the church family. And God has them there for a reason. Maybe that person rubs you the wrong way because it's revealing something about you that's not good. If they rub you the wrong way and they just make you angry or, 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 you know, just put you on edge then they're doing a really good job of bringing out a weakness in you that needs to be addressed. And rather than just looking at them and saying, they rubbed me the wrong way, that person irritates me, that woman irritates me. Wait a minute. God has them in the body for a reason, and maybe one of the reasons is to reveal in you some, some shortcomings. It's like putting the tea in, you've heard the illustration, you put the tea in the hot water and you don't know what's in the tea until you drop it in the hot water and then you put it in the hot water and there you see it all coming out. So the Lord puts us in hot spots, sometimes with brothers and sisters in Christ. And what we see comes out is something that really shouldn't even be in there. Philippians chapter 1, we're going to go, we're going to look at 10 points, 10 ways to be a good, good church member in relating to other church members. And you're going to see that as Paul writes these Philippians. These first verses are just personal with him. He's not really talking theology. He's not really giving them a story or a narrative. He is just sharing his personal feelings with these Philippians. And I think it is a beautiful model of how you and I ought to feel towards not the church at Philippi, but the church at Mayo. And how Paul expresses his feelings for the people there and his desires for them, I think it's a beautiful model of how we, as we mature, rather than being aggravated with other church members, Put off by other church members. Oh, by the way, not, not only might it reveal something about you. Let's say you have a run-in with a church member. And we spend a lot of time together. We cover every topic in the world, and everybody's got opinions. And yet we, I mean, we, this place would be ripe for conflict because of the, diff, the personality differences in this room. 
the, the various levels of maturity that are in this room. Some people recently saved. Some people been saved a long time. I mean, and, and all the topics that we cover, marriage and divorce and what have you. I mean, this could be a hotbed for conflict. So, and, and again, just back to personalities. If somebody has a, a, an annoying personality to you, l- listen, as I said a while ago, that very well may be the Lord revealing weaknesses about you. Your impatience, your lack of love, your lack of appreciation. But it also, consider this, it also could be just revealing weaknesses in that person. The person that annoyed you. The person that upset you. God's revealing some weaknesses in them. Not so you can take a hammer and beat them over the head. But maybe the Lord wants you to become their friend. Maybe the Lord is revealing that to you, and you're, you're seeing this, this person's annoying, and maybe somebody else isn't seeing it, but the Lord is revealing it to you so that you can reach out to them. And yes, initially you find them annoying, but you start probing and you start praying for them, and the Lord will use you then to help them. And either way, a difficult relationship can serve some very good means either to help you or use you to help them. Well, let's, let's look at these points. Number one, recognize, especially we're in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Here, here's what we see from Paul. Here's what we learn from him. First of all, recognize the special relationship you have with church members. Paul says in verse number 1, he identifies himself in Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. The Apostle Paul here is noting that his relationship with the people of this church is unique. He says, to all the saints in Christ. You might have a special relationship with the people at work, with your neighbors, or any organization you may belong to in the community, but it is uniquely special that you have in this congregation a relationship with saints. And that's what Paul is focusing on here. The fact that he's dealing with saints in Christ. And I'm sure in that church there were differing personalities. There were differing um, talents. There are differing abilities, differing educational levels. I wouldn't suspect that it was very much different from what we have right here. Uh, Different economic levels represented in the church. And yet Paul saw them as saints. We need to remember that with one another. When somebody rubs us the wrong way or somebody's out of sorts or whatever, remember that special and unique relationship you have with them as brothers and sisters in Christ. And he also acknowledges here, and I think this is very important, he says to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Paul is acknowledging the different roles. Bishops meaning pastors and deacons. And I think it's just interesting that he acknowledged that. He could have said just to all the saints and covered it good. But there's something, God put that there for a reason. And and it's important, I think, for congregations to understand that these are God-ordained positions, not held by perfect men. Just look at me, and I'll, you know, if you think it's perfect men, well, I'll dispel that myth. That surely is a myth. But nonetheless, it's, it's God's way. 
But what I want you to see here, Paul is acknowledging the different roles. And and that's important to understand. These are God-ordained roles given for the benefit of the church. But what I want you to see mostly in verse number one is you have a special relationship. Everybody in this room, whether they're your best buddy or you hardly know them, or maybe your personalities tend to clash, you would still be wise to see one another as saints. Number two, we see here from the Apostle Paul the desire, desire the spiritual blessings of God on church members. What does Paul say? Verse number two, next thing he says is, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. For all those people in that church, the rich ones, the poor ones, the fat ones, the skinny ones, the outgoing ones, the shy ones, to all of them, he wants God's blessings. You should never be jealous of other church members. You should never speak ill of other church members. Yeah, there's people that you relate to better than others. And there's subjects that come up that can divide us sometimes, and we can argue about them till we're blue in the face. But the higher road, the more nobler road, as demonstrated by Paul, is that you wish God's grace and peace to be upon them. Desire the spiritual blessings of God on church members. Number three, be grateful to God for what they mean to you. Paul, in verse number three, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I'm sure there were, you know, in that congregation, again, there were people, outgoing personalities, people with not-so-outgoing personalities, people that are filled with mercy, some people that are have more of that prophet nature. There there are organizers, there's, you know, givers, there's, there's all sorts of people. But he was grateful to God for what they meant to him. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Folks, there's, there's enough haters of God and Christianity out there in the world. We don't need to shoot our own. We don't need to shoot one another. The enemy out there would love nothing more than us to open up our spiritual barrels directed at one another. No, I think Paul here, I, I know Paul here reflects the fact that we should be grateful with our differences the differing personalities, the differing gifts. Number four, how should you relate to other church members? Pray for church members with a spirit of joy. Paul says in verse number four, always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. We should pray for one another. And with a spirit of joy, thankful that this person is no longer running the bar rooms, Thankful that this person is now in church. Oh, they may be struggling. They may be very immature. They may say or do something dumb. But yet, you pray for them. He says to the Philippians, Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. Joyfully praying for one another. And we need to do that. Even for those, yeah, that might rub us the wrong way. Our personalities might clash. clash. They might have even said something ugly. They may have let you down. You were counting on them for something at a certain event, and they didn't come through. And, you know, it just made, made things a lot worse for you to try to cover for that. Oh, you know, we come together a lot. There's a lot of opportunities for the devil to get a, 
a, a foothold. For that reason, we pray. Number five, appreciate the unique fellowship you have with church members. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He's acknowledging the fellowship. We come together for the preaching, the music, the praying. But he mentions fellowship. We've arranged this afternoon for you to stay. Hopefully you appreciate the fellowship. Now some people, you know, for uh, health reasons or age reasons, they can't stay. I had to to run my mom home between uh, services because she's just, you know, her health and whatever. It it would just be too long of of, of a day. And so I, I was able to bring... So I understand that, but when you can... You ought to make it a point to, to fellowship. You say, well, I don't know anybody in the church. Well, find somebody and sit down with them and, you know, find out where they're from and what they're all about and, you know, establish a, a relationship with one another. Appreciate the unique fellowship you have with church members. Number six, be encouraging to church members. He says in verse number 6, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, God's done a great thing in your heart, and he's going to continue to do great things in your heart. These people are struggling, and he is being an encouragement to them. Folks, if there's anything we need today in this church is encouragers. Encouraging one another. And I... I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I think I try my best to take an exa- to set the example. And you know you do anything, I'm going to tell you about it and how much I appreciate it and how grateful. I, that, that's one of the reasons I mentioned this morning, thanks to the folks that helped with the prime timer thing, expressing my appreciation, trying to encourage them. Thanks to the, the pod pourers and all of the work. I don't know, what, what time did y'all get out of here last night, Otta? Midnight? Well, you finished faster than what I thought, but you guys left it spotless. And again, what I, what I do just then? I'm encouraged. Incur- Listen, folks, you may appreciate somebody on the outside, but that does very little good. If you, I mean, if on the inside, you just appreciate them on the inside. You need to tell folks. Folks that sing specials. I told Brother Jamie, I said, great job on the reading this morning. And I told him, tell Amber, great job on, on the offertory, great job on the choir. And Jamie went through the extra effort to put the video up there. I want him to know how much I appreciate that. Appreciate the folks that are going to make this afternoon happen. You need to express that. And we run a real danger, any church runs a real danger of just kind of taking people for granted. You know, just real, you know, say it and say it often. I mean, every Sunday here, you ought to find a multitude of people to express your appreciation for. Just a, a, a multitude of people. And, and do it often. Because in, in ministry, folks, they're not doing it for the pay. And they're not doing it for the praise. It just helps folks to know that it was a blessing to you. Because that's what, that's what folks in this church, that's what, when you do things, you just want to, you, you don't want me to call you up here and pat you on the back. You know, you, you don't want that. You, you, you don't want pay for it. But, you, but for somebody to tell you you did a good job, that's, that's all you need to hear. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, how many of you have, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have, in the last week or so, never said to anybody that's involved with the men of this church, thank you? No, don't raise your hand. 
I bet there's a bunch of people in this room that over the past month have never said thank you to anybody for anything. Sunday school teacher, Brother Dave for keeping the grounds clean or what have you. It's so important. It's so important. And I think, I shouldn't tell you this, I'm going to tell you this. I may get in trouble for this. Not with you guys. But I already told the people that were in charge. I spoke at that uh, couple's retreat a month ago. And there's young, you know, it was a small retreat, very small retreat, which is fine. And there were three young couples there. And I had, I had some of the books I used for the counseling. And I gave each one of them a copy of the book. And I told him, I said, look, no charge. You, you take those. I, you know, it's a gift. And I said, it was from you guys. I, said, this, I told you all that. I said, it's, it's from Mayo Baptist Church. Uh, you guys have it. It's our gift to young couples. It's the best material there is. This will help your marriage to, to flourish. At the end of the, our little conference there, as they're filing out the door, not a one. Not a one simply said, thank you. They didn't need to thank me for the material that I presented because maybe I didn't do a good job. But that book had some value to it. Not a one said thank you. And I told the guy that invited me down there, and we're good friends. I I said, do you know not a one? I said, they walked right past me out the room. And I had just given them the book like five minutes earlier. It was at the end of the thing. I said, here, I want you to take these with you. No charge. Enjoy it. I hope it's a blessing to you. I say that not to put down on them. But... I think that reflects the culture we're in, that we just run in danger. If we're not just filled with ourselves, we just don't think about it. For what I, I just, it's, it's the hardness of the culture that we live in today. It's the callousness of the culture we live in today. But we're to be the salt and the, the light. We're, we're supposed to be different. So again, you know, don't, don't compliment me. Don't praise me. But the, the people that, I mean... The musicians and people that stay up here when a lot of people are in bed, you know, say thank you. Say, well, I'm just shy and bashful. Write them a note. You know, do, do whatever you got to do. But that's what Paul is doing here, and we need to do more of that. Be encouraging to church members. Look, Paul is doing that, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I really think I'm in God's will. I really think I'm doing a good thing to encourage you to express your gratitude and also be encouraging. Okay, and many of you do. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. Many many of you are great at it. I'm only talking to those of you that are convicted right now, because you haven't expressed any gratitude to anybody in this church for anything in a long time. To you, I'm talking to because I love you, because I know you can. I know you can do it, and maybe you just just need a reminder, because folks. The battle against us is growing stronger. If we don't encourage each other, who is? I don't watch it, but I've heard about it. Tune into the view and see if you're encouraged in your faith. (laughs) Tune into almost any of the cable news channels and see if you're encouraged in your faith. You know, the guys at work. So, we need encouragement. And Paul is setting an example, so encourage one another. Number seven, let me hurry up here. Have a heart affection with those whom you share a common cause. Look at verse number seven. 
Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart. That's encouraging right there. And as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. He has a heart affection for the common cause that he shares with people. And as I was saying, the devil would love to get among us and split us. He'll use any means to do that. You know, the Trojan horse, get it into Troy, let the soldiers out at night, take them down from within. But understand this, we should be on guard against that. In fact, the more that the pressure comes from the outside against Christianity, the more we need to have an appreciation for the fact that right now these folks aren't in bar rooms. These folks around you, they're not, you know, just staying home twiddling their thumbs or, or whatever. They're in church. And maybe they said something that offended you. Maybe, you know, maybe they forgot something. Who knows? It could be anything. Maybe they disagree with you on the fine points of this or that. But they're here. And so we should have a heartfelt uh, affection for those with whom we share a common cause. Number eight, there should always be a desire to be with church members. I, I said in my our class this morning that um, we should always love to be with one another and should never want to be outside one another. And there's no group of people I'd rather be with than the people of this church. And Paul says in verse number 8, For God is my record, how greatly, greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. He just wanted to be with them. He was away, away from them, and he just wanted to be with them. And that's the way it ought to be with your church family. He's talking about his church family. He's not talking about his cousins, aunts, uncles. He's talking about his church family. And I realize that sometimes due to health or work, you can't be here. You know, I I fully get that. Sometimes you're on vacation. Sometimes business takes you away. Look, I, I understand. I get it. My, my concern is it was those who could be here, but for some reason choose not to be here. Could be here. Paul's example is how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Number nine, you should seek for the spiritual maturing of church members. He says in verse nine, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. He says, I pray that your love for one another would grow. I pray that your knowledge would grow. I pray that you'd grow in judgment and discernment. That was his prayer for them. That they would grow spiritually and mature. So people you may see around you that you might perceive to be spiritually immature and in fact maybe somewhat foolish, the thing to do is to pray for their maturity. And lastly, number 10, you should be burdened to see them grow in discernment. He prays, he says, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with all fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Again, this is similar to verse number 9, but verses 10 and 11 continues that theme of not hoping that they'll move, not, not, not hoping that, you know, your paths won't cross, or that you won't have to work 
in Sunday school with somebody or on a project with somebody. No. You want them to grow in discernment. And then maybe they won't say to others what they said to you that hurt your feelings. Maybe as they grow, they, they won't do things that you know they shouldn't do, but they've grown in discernment in part because you prayed for them. Paul's heart really comes across here in these 11 verses. Does that reflect your heart and my heart? Look, I need this preaching as much as anybody. I'm human too. I can get upset. I can just be rubbed the wrong way. You know, there, there are people that, you know, you, people that you love to see drive up and others, you know, Bill caught, caught me hiding under my desk when he came to my office the other day. He found me. <laughs> but we want to be mature. We want to be right. We, God can use all those aggravating people to reveal in you and me our weaknesses. And he can use those aggravating people to reveal in us their weaknesses for which he can use us to help them. Tom Rainer said this, healthy church membership means you find your joy in being last instead of seeking your way in being first. You find your joy in being last. You, you find your joy in not having to have your way but showing deference to others. We're a family. And do you know this by a lot of stand, by all standards? Really, we're a big church. Do you know the vast majority of churches run under 100? Something like 85% of churches run under 200. I mean, you hear about the mega churches, but what you don't hear about is the church in Frederick and the church in Lewiston and the church, you know, and goes, I mean, there's, there's a bazillion of them out there. I mean, it's highly unusual what we have in such a small population county and a town of, what, 18, 1900 maybe? So, by our very size, there's the potential for people to misunderstand one another, even dislike one another. Let's ask God's grace to help, beginning with me as your pastor, to demonstrate and reflect the spirit that you sense in the Apostle Paul here. Do you sense that spirit in yourself? If not, maybe God's revealing that to you today so that you can grow. And you know what? You'll be a happier person. You'll be a happier person at church when you realize that, hey, when somebody, just to use the phrase again, rubs me the wrong way, God revealed that I've got some anger issues or I've got some patience issues. Or God revealed to me that brother's hurting and I need to reach out to him. That sister is hurting. I need to reach out to her. That's a maturity level that will bring a church together and make them extremely powerful and influential for the cause of Christ. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.